Hello friends, it's Robert Selick. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Planet Show. In today's show, I'm interviewing Damien Leroy and Glenda Dutour. We talk about their background, how they got into water sports, wind trail technique and equipment, what inspires them, and how they love to share their scope with others. You can watch it here on YouTube, or you can listen to it as an audio-only podcast. Just search for the Blue Planet Show in your favorite podcast app. Today is June 19, 2021, and this month we've been posting two videos every day. One video is part of our video contest and one of our Blue Planet videos. So I hope you can join us for the daily videos contest and our Blue Planet daily videos. We're going to decide the contest winner on August 14th with a $2,000 prize. So to enter, please check out the link below and send in your submission. Today's guests, Damien and Gwen, are amazing human beings. They're very humble, but I'm stoked to have them on the show. If you've wing-foiled at all, you've probably seen some of their great, amazing instructional videos. They do a great service for the sport. And so without further ado, here are Damien and Gwen. Damien and Gwen, welcome to the Blue Planet Show. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get started a little bit with your background. Maybe Damien, tell us a little bit about how, where you grew up and how you got into water sports and all that. One, thanks so much for having us and we appreciate it. And how I got into water sports, technically I've been in water sports since I was like two, but I grew up a ski racer in Colorado, which was on snow a little bit different. But truthfully, I didn't really get involved with the water much until my like teens I was uh, training in Mount Hood Oregon and I would go to the gorge I'm sorry I'd go to the coast and boogie board and I thought surfing was way too hard and boogie board was like the coolest thing ever and yeah it just more from there I saw kite surfing I was a big ski racer and kite surfing was unknown and yeah that's kind of what got me into it was ski racing, seeing it in Hood River, training at the Gore, a training in Mount Hood and visiting the Gorge. And I had some injuries, ski racing and went to Florida, Naples, Florida. And my best friend in Naples was flying one of these kites and I didn't know him at the time. And I walked up and he just handed it over and he's, oh, you got to try this. And I was just like, whoa, what is this? And that's where it started. Truthfully, I'd seen how long, it. How long ago was that when you got into kiting? Man, that's I was 18, so for like close to 21 years ago. Yeah, I was at the beginning. Things were super. Truthfully, even in the gorge, people wouldn't talk about it. It was all windsurfing, and you'd see one or two guys, which for sure was probably like Corey Rossler and maybe Lou, like visiting or something. But nobody was doing it. Nobody would do lessons. Nobody would talk about it. And and my buddy in Naples happened to buy a kite and just learn on his own and it was awesome and then I got connected with Cabrina right in the beginning and I've just been super blessed ever since and I've been riding with that company for a long time and just incredible family incredible group of people and just super grateful because I was able to become world champion and do all sorts of things in the sport but more than that I was able to give back and share the knowledge that I've learned throughout my incredible adventures um, now back with people which is the most rewarding thing you can do in life. And I, I read that at one point you were a kiteboarding world champion. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I just did everything. I tried everything. So racing and speed and 
and freestyle, big air, and weight, everything. You just do it all when you're just into it. And I won a slalom uh, world championship, which was racing around some buoys in Spain. And yeah, and for me, I just always wanted to challenge myself. That was it. So as long as I could keep challenging myself, I would stay excited about the sport. So it didn't matter what I was doing. I was always excited about it versus I see a lot of people get really hooked on freestyle and then they just burn out and ends quick. So for me, I was lucky to get into foils and just always keep trying something different. So cool. So where did you grow up in Colorado? I was born and raised in Vail, Colorado. And then I moved when I was 10. We had a fly fishing business in Alaska. So it halfway in the summer i would work with my family in alaska fly fishing which was a business we owned and then half the summer i would train in mount hood and then i just we moved everywhere idaho montana you name it all over the world so we were very it was exciting time and i'm very grateful and it was a neat childhood and hopefully i can share it with my new little baby girl (laughs) awesome so you have you're married and have a, a daughter or yeah, I just had a little two-month-old little nugget, and she is just, I don't know, everybody tells you, and I'll say it to everybody out there, you don't know until you have a child, but I was so driven in all these directions to do all this stuff, and when you have this, like, thing that you created, and for sure there's lack of sleep, but it's the most beautiful thing you could ever do. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks for sharing that. What about you, Gwen? Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, I grew up in France and in Brittany next to the ocean. So I grew up surfing and windsurfing. My brother got me into it. And then when I graduated from college and I was about to travel for work, that's when I started kitesurfing because windsurfing was just like a lot of gear. But at the time, if you were a windsurfer, there was, I I don't know, you had your community and you maybe didn't really want to transition to kiteboarding. But for me, I had always been very interested in, in what it took was just like traveling and be like, okay, I need to like be able to like travel with gear and make it a lot more convenient. So that's when I started kitesurfing and I was working as a marine engineer. So on ships, traveling around the world. And I've always been really passionate about the ocean. And so I really wanted, in everything I do, I want to use my skills in a way that either help people or help, help the, the planet. And so as a marine engineer, I joined a nonprofit called, it's a conservation, ocean conservation nonprofit. And that's when I left France and went to Australia to work on the ships. And I met a girl, I didn't speak English at the time. I met a girl, an American girl. She's now my wife. And that's how I ended up in the US. So I had never imagine I would come to the US. I remember growing up, like looking at magazines and, and Hawaii and all of that. And I was like, just dreaming. And, and then like seeing my life now is like unreal, but everything started, oh, oh there was a huge shift when I met Damien. So last year I was living in Idaho and because my wife is from there. And I came to Florida to buy a van and I I had been following Damien for a while on on Instagram. And I reached out to him. I was into videography. I had a videography business in Idaho and I was like, hey, do you want to make a video? I'm going to be here for two days. But I was thinking like, this guy is world champion. Like he's not going to reply to like me, just like a videographer from Idaho. But he did. He replied. He was like, 
super nice and he was like yeah like for sure let's do it so we made a video and i edited it and then damien loved it and i was like okay i think there is more to do so we were really aligned in in our values and, and in our mission which to me is always using my skills in whatever i do to to help and to make it like meaningful so we really connected and then that's that's when we started to work on some videos together to really help people especially it was the perfect timing when winging was like picking up so we were like let's create something to help people winging and live their best life like we do this was back like so when did you guys meet that was about a year ago you said that was last year in september and that's when we met but then i went back to idaho and and then came back in florida in in december Okay. And so before that, you also did uh, video videography for like windsurfing, kitesurfing, things like that. Some brands. Yeah, I would say not. I was always just most of my business was just videography and I was taking anything being based in Idaho. I was uh, a lot of it was not involving water sports. But when I would travel to Maui, I connected with people there. I would always try to that was my passion. But when I met Damien, he just took it to the next level. That's, That's Gwen. Really cool. yeah. <laughs> I, I think I saw somewhere too that you were into ultra running and, and things like that, like endurance sports. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I did a lot of things in my life. Firefighting, I was in the military and I did a lot of stuff. And then running, I took running because I was based like... For a while, I was like away from the ocean and I needed something to do. And running was like the most convenient thing because you can do it anywhere. So I picked up running and not being like so passionate about running, but I was like, how can I challenge myself with running? That's pretty much what I can do right now. And so I did a lot of, or like I did a few like hundred mile races, which is very challenging, but it's a great experience where you find yourself in a hundred mile race for sure. Robert, I have to yeah. chime in. Uh, <laughs> sure. and Gwen ran a hundred miles in firefighting outfit. I'm just letting you know. One hundred <laughs> miles in full firefighting outfit. <laughs> oh, wow. That's hardcore. So when you met Damien, you you had already had a YouTube channel and you've been actively making videos for a while, right? Or is, was that kind of a new thing? Yeah, no, I had been... Oh, you talked to Damien? Oh, it was just both of you, but yeah, I was yeah. wondering because, yeah, to build that kind of a YouTube following and stuff like that, it takes usually takes more than a mm, year. I was wondering before, before you guys met, what were you doing? And... Yeah, for me, I uh, my whole career was obviously competing in the beginning. And as a competitor, any young athlete out there, there's always somebody good coming along. So you got to keep your options open. And for me, I got into sales right away and became a sales rep for some brands. And so I was still competing and working. So I had a full-time job, but I also was still competing and it was a perfect mesh because it makes you work hard at what you do. And also you get the reward of playing and doing the best you can do competitive. And YouTube, yes, I had a YouTube channel forever. I had all the social medias you have when you're an athlete, never anything big on YouTube. I just did it to do it. I loved making videos. It was like a passion of mine, but I wasn't, never had enough time. It was working probably most of the time. And so I enjoyed capturing unique angles or unique things or building new mounts or capturing something different. That's where 
my passion was and and you know i was lucky to ride for companies like gopro and connect and do really cool things but my youtube thing was never a, a thing and when i ran into gwen he said it best and that was our personalities like we're in sync we just were out to help people and my whole entire life has been that and to to be able to share and give people their best life and motivate people and get them out and get them up off the couch. And even if it's the simplest thing, it may not be wing surfing or whatever it may be, but just to motivate people to get up. I think a lot of people think athletes or wealthy people, whatever it may be, don't struggle. Everybody struggles. And it's a matter of just surrounding yourself with good people and and taking the step to get over that problem, whatever it may be, drinking or depression or who knows. And so that, that's what stems this. And Gwen is just the perfect fit of somebody who's same motivation. We, we can go to the beach and bang out 10 videos and just have so much information because we're so passionate about it because we know it helps people. And that's really it. If it helps one person, it's good enough for us. And for sure, we'd love to help as many people as we can. And it's a privilege to be able to work with somebody like Gwen, who's so passionate. And truthfully, I'd say in four months, we, in four months, we created a YouTube channel for sure. It was, I think my YouTube channel was many years old, but just never did anything with it. And, and now our goal is to help people and inspire. Yeah, it's awesome. I really like your whole thing about sharing the uh, love and happiness and stuff like that. It's a pretty big goal. But I think obviously with the the kind of passion and and enthusiasm you guys have for it, it's great to see that. And and yeah, really good quality tutorials too that you guys put together, nice cinematography and all that stuff. And I've been doing it too for a long time and some help, but obviously you guys are doing it kind of on a whole nother level. (laughs) I think like just really good quality and it's not easy to do. And it's not like you make a ton of money, um, posting free videos on YouTube. Sometimes people think that YouTubers get paid millions of dollars, like some of the guys do, but not at the level we're at, right? It's probably just enough to buy all the gear that you need to buy. I think we're probably still in the hole for sure, but this is a passion project for both of us for sure. And and Gwen's truly the just incredible. He sees the he sees it all and puts it together and I'm just OCD and I just can't stop talking. So that's about it. I think what was special when I met Damien, I was only like, we we were together for just one weekend when we first met. And what kind of, what I found like special was like, Damien was like so like connected with everybody at the beach. And I think that's, that's, that's when I saw like the potential of, of just like, being able to help people on, on, on any level because sometimes if you are like like Damien, like world-class rider, world champion, you might be a bit disconnected from the people at the beach. But Damien is so, like you go to the beach and Damien is always going to be helping anybody. I think the first weekend, like there was a guy that he was getting into foiling and had maybe some issue with his foil and Damien went to him and, and, and helped him getting his foil set up and i'm like this guy is world champion and a rock star and he's going to help a guy that is i think to me that was like very special and i was like okay if we are going to be able to do something like very special and help people and it's going to be meaningful yeah awesome yeah you guys are doing a great job so 
actually, let, let's talk a little bit about kind of getting into wing foiling and common issues people that people have and like tips for beginners, basically people that want to get into it. They're not really sure what to do and what do you tell people that are just starting? I would just say for anybody out there, look, everything you do in life that's new, you're unsure. So like you got to take a chance. And all I'd say is most people that take a chance with this, they actually really enjoy it. And I would say, just get yourself a wing and you can play with it on the beach. You can play with it anywhere. There's wind on land boards, skateboards, snow, water, SUP. You don't need to buy all the stuff right away. Just get yourself a wing and start playing with it. And to me, your kids can play with it. You can jump off stuff, obviously within reason, but yeah, that's kind of my, my tip is just give it a shot. It's, I think you'll be shocked with what can, what doors it can open. That's my first piece of advice. Yeah. So we're just watching this video here on YouTube. Obviously it's good to just watch a lot of your instructional videos before trying it. But I think a lot of times, yeah, the, one of the mistakes that people make is just going in the water right away before they learn basically to handle the wing. And they think they can just do it. And then every time you fall in, getting back on the board, you get really tired quickly. And then you can't, it's, it's hard to learn it on the water. The more you can figure out the wing handling on land, the better. And, but what, what are some pointers you have? It seems like beginners always have a hard time with the catching the tip of the wing and then the wing flipping over. How do you coach people to avoid that? Yeah, I think the biggest tip that we have passed around that's uh, very helpful for everybody is we always just say whatever direction you're going, punch the water or punch, punch the ground. And what that does with your backhand is make that wing fly up because most people just pull in. It's I'd say kite surfing or other things. Everybody's reaction is to pull in. And if you actually steer your backhand, backhand, it makes that wing fly above your head. So it has a lot to do with just slowing down your front hand and steering with your backhand. But we always would say punch the water or punch the ground. If you're, if you feel like that wing tip's going to catch, cause all you're really doing is just turning that wing to lift up. And, and that was a really helpful one. And I'll be frank with everybody. I struggled for three days straight and I, I consider myself pretty skilled and I got murdered at this. I didn't grow up windsurfing. So it was like all new to me. And I did exactly what you said. I went straight into the water and I was like, I can figure this out. And I couldn't even get up on the board because I couldn't fly the wing and took that process of just getting beat to, to realize that I should fly the wing a little bit more and build my way into it. <laughs> yeah. It's probably something you just have to pretty much do as get humble a little bit to start with. So maybe if you think you can just do it, just go in the water, get humble a little bit, and then you'll figure out that you should learn it on land first. Like we don't so really need to tell people that, right? <laughs> An interesting yeah. thing is in the video that's playing right now, we see Damien and Kelly. Uh, Kelly is my sister-in-law and Kelly grew up in Idaho. She has never done any water sports. She has never really been in the water, like no surfing, no, no wind sport, nothing in the water. And when I came here, I started winging and she got interested and she wanted to learn. And now she's doing it. And it's been, well, yeah, it's been like, Know, about five months and but within three months like she was like up and foiling both ways and she learned foiling with the wing sometimes the, the easiest way is definitely e-foiling or, or behind a board but she just she just went straight to the wing and so that it shows that it's possible you don't have to have experience doing something else but for sure don't expect this sport to be easy it's hard for anybody 
But the truth is, if you put in the time and uh, you keep trying and, and you go whenever you can, you will get it at some point. So, For sure. Yeah, it's not an easy sport to learn, but it's definitely not impossible to learn, obviously, and especially if you have some instructions and stuff like that. People... Yeah, it's, it's funny because people, when they start to foil, they always think, oh, yeah, I watched a bunch of videos, so I, I can see what they're doing. I can do it, especially people that already know how to surf and stuff like that. And then they pretty much get humbled the first time they try. It's definitely not. It's definitely very different from surfing. And, and even with a windsurfing background and knowing how to foil already, it took me a while to learn it. Although I think for me, because I already knew how to foil and I could windsurf, it was a pretty quick learning curve, but yeah, if you have no experience with any wind sports and so on, then yeah, it's not, it's basically like you have to learn two things, foiling and wing, wing handling together, right? Yeah, for sure. And Gwen, he was funny when I first met him, literally the day I met him, I think I gave him my wing gear. He's never tried it. And I'm like, I don't know this guy. He seems awesome, super genuine. I was like, take my gear. And I just gave him all my wing gear. And it was blowing like 30 knots. <laughs> he just went and he gave it a shot. And, and that's how it started. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, to me, like the most important when you do anything is like going out there and doing it. I never wait until things are, are, are perfect to start. Yes, if you want to get into running, but you are not going to go on a run until you have the, the new shoes, the GPS watch, the, the running shorts. For me, I'm like, I want to start running. Okay, let's do it. And uh, maybe I'm going to go out with the wrong shoes. Okay, I figure it out on the way. And along the way, I make it better. But sometimes I think one mistake that can be done is just never starting because of waiting to have everything lined up perfectly. I think to me, it's better to start and have the wrong gear, have the wrong condition, but go out there and learning by making mistakes is actually a great way to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Sometimes people, and I think the same is true with being on YouTube. Sometimes people think they have to have a recording studio and perfect camera gear and whatever. And, and, uh, but really a lot of times, like the way I started, it was just like shooting some phones and shooting some videos on an iPhone and then posting it. And it was, <laughs> it's more about the con creating content that that's helpful to people. I think is the most important thing, really not the having perfect video. But you guys definitely do a good job on both ends. And actually, so Gwen, I'm going to stop the screen sharing here for a minute. But for you, it's, I think, 6 p.m. here in Hawaii. It's like noontime, so it's a little bit early to drink beer. But I, I noticed that you're <laughs> drinking beer and you showed us the beer can earlier. So can you, can you show that? So this is really cool. It's a Cabrina Drifter beer. It's a collaboration between Estuary Brewery based in Charleston and Cabrina. And basically, it's a program uh, called Project. So it's a, it's a project called uh, Newfound Freedom. And basically, it's to help people with disabilities, maybe amputee or mental disabilities or any kind of disability, to help them get into kiting and winging. All the proceeds from this beer is going to, to finance this project. And so last weekend, we were actually in 
Charleston and there was uh, 11 participants a uh, lot of them from special forces that got hurt and maybe they are like missing a leg two legs and, and we got them into kiting and winging and it was like amazing so yeah this beer is just to to finance this project and it should be available in many places but for now i think you would have to go uh, to the brewery estuary it's a estuary yeah estuary brewery company in charlotte yeah that sounds great earlier i heard like birds chirping and stuff like that are you like in the forest or something like it sounds like you're like out in nature or something yeah i'm outside on the deck but i'm here in cape hatras with evan netch uh, from cabrina we are filming some content with kiahi uh, yeah a bunch of writers these are okay. the real professionals <laughs> Cool. I saw Kiahi a couple of weeks ago on the North Shore. He's, so he's in on the East Coast now. He's he, he's here. He's here. We are yeah. We are like doing some filming, and unfortunately this week we have no wind, but hopefully wind picks up. Nice. Okay. How come Damien's not there? <laughs> he didn't uh, make the, he, he didn't make the cut. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's talk a little bit about then more advanced stuff in wing foiling. So I, I saw you recently just um, posted a video on doing uh, 360s. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that one up here, how to do a 360 video. So yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about the progression and uh, tricks you're working on and maybe walk us through this one. Yeah, I just learned the, the 360. I, uh, Damien got, get me into trying new stuff. And I, actually, like the funny thing is often when we make a video about uh, something, I'm filming, I'm behind the camera, but I actually learn a lot from just filming it. And then I go out there and I try it. Like we, we made a video recently, it was uh, how to walk the dog kiting it's when you dump your kite in the water you are foiling you dump the kite and, and and you keep riding and then you launch the kite again so i filmed it and then right after damien was like all right and now gwen is gonna go out there and try it and that was not even like part of the plan he just said it at the end of the video but then i went out there and 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 tried it so yeah it's really fun like filming with damien i actually also learned a lot of stuff and i go out there and, and try it yeah, that's awesome. I, I just saw Damien, you have your little is it it's your daughter, right? This is the the reason why I'm oh not God. up there. And the truth is Gwen's been teaching me stuff. So he's actually teaching <laughs> Evan everything up there. So really Gwen has taken over. He is the cream of the crop. I'm now a father. This is little Ava. She's our little nugget and I'm super blessed. I have a wonderful family, beautiful wife. And yeah, so Gwen's teaching Kiahi a few things. So Gwen, you have kids also? You're a father? No, no. I'm, I'm married, but no kids. No, okay. Yeah, I, I find whenever you have, I talked to about this about with Keen to Wild as well. And he, we, we said that when you talk about wing foiling and get all into it and think about it, stuff like that, then and then you get on the waters, everything comes easier if you have that, the right mindset to start with. So we're talking about if you're on the way to the beach, listening to a podcast or something like a conversation like this kind of gets your mind in the right place and gets you stoked. And then probably the same thing when you're shooting a video and then getting the instructions and then trying it for real. So you guys have been making pretty quick progress with the wing footing. I mean, like we're, we're saying, we were talking about how it's not that easy to learn, but once you figure it out, you progress pretty rapidly, it seems. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I, here's what I would say, and we spoke a little bit about it, but I would say there's a lot of people that are nervous about going to the beach and struggling and looking bad because they may have been a good kite surfer, maybe a good something, whatever. They're just worried about looking bad. And I always am like, everybody's been there. So just go be there and you'll progress. And I say that truthfully. And, and the best thing you can do is just go talk to people because everybody's usually willing to help or give a tip because they like to share the same passion. You, myself, Gwen, everybody likes to share information and help somebody. So I think you'd be surprised. And maybe a lot of people are shy to talk to somebody. And I would always say, man, talk to people, ask questions and just watch it, learn. Maybe you'll get some information, but I would say, yes, the wing foiling sport is just evolving super fast. The first thing I wanted to do right off the bat was backflips and I'm still working on the backflip because it's one of the scariest tricks I've done, period, cross the board and everything I've ever done. Just because it's, I don't know, you the kite, you can hang from things. The wing is just, I feel like there's just nothing there to hang you. So it's pretty wild if it goes wrong. But it's the sport's evolving incredibly fast. You're doing it in places nobody would think. And you're pulling surfers in that are foiling. And now they're like, it's windy. Why not get a wing? So it's completely doable in intercoastals, lakes, gusty places, mountains, absolutely endless. So that's why it's super unique and it's just a great thing you can share with the whole family. Yeah, I think there is like a unique like opportunity right now to get into winging. And the amazing thing is most people are like getting into winging. So everybody's progressing together. It's a new sport. So I think it's really fun like right now to get into it because you figure out things like in the same time as everybody, where if you maybe start in 10 years, then yes, there will, there will be like more resources to progress. But I think it's really fun to be like progressing as the sport is progressing as well. For sure. And just to have the gear improving so much, like the foils are getting and the wings are getting so much better so quickly. So actually, so let's talk a little bit about the equipment. So let's start with the foils, like what kind of foils do you use and where, what do you recommend starting on and what are you using now and what's the progression? Yeah, that's a loaded question. I would say, look, I, personally, I love, uh, I think, Cabrina foils and lift foils, they're, they're some of my favorite foils in the industry for sure. I would recommend to most people out there, we live in Florida, so winds are a little bit lighter, but I would even say no matter where you are in the world, it wouldn't hurt to have a wing around, call it the 250, 300 or 2000 square centimeter or bigger wing, which is a very large wing. And the reason why is if you're not very good, you're at least going to have a wing that kind of gets you up the soonest as possible. The other kind of big mistake a lot of people make is maybe they have a 12 foot board and they're they throw a foil on it and they're really struggling to even get up when it's windy and the truth is you have a huge surface area that's sticking to the water so you actually want the shortest thing you can get within reason with high volume or high leader so you can actually stand on it and float and it's stable that's the easiest in my opinion for learning for foil and board. As far as wings, the Cabrina wings, I think are absolutely awesome. We have two different versions. And personally, I, I like them both. I think the X2 has incredible low end. So the sixes and sevens are incredible in the low end. And then the Mantis is wave riding efficient machine for sure. But I think truthfully, I'd say wings, you could just get your hands on something and go for it. Foils definitely 
it changes things up. As you get better, you go to smaller foils and poor Gwen, I throw everything at him. I'm like, try this, do this, do this. And he's just, whoa, wow, look at this. And he's doing all these tricks. And I don't know, it's pretty wild to see how he went from here's a wing, Gwen, try it in 30 knots. And it's probably too big, but that's all we had. And now he's like doing 360s and he's learning everything. And then he learned the 360. The video's coming soon, but 180, 360. I don't even know what it's called. He was an, 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 an like, what is that? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. So wait, what, what is that movie you're talking about? The Airdrive. Oh, Actually, so the funny thing is, the funny thing is right now for winging like tricks, you don't find a lot of videos. And when I first did an air drive, I actually didn't really know that there was a trick. And that's just something, a transition that I, I would do kite foiling. And I was like, oh, I think I could do it with a wing. So I just tried it. And then later I found on YouTube, oh, it's called an air drive and there is a video about it. So I watched it and it definitely helped me. So now we made a video about it because we just learned like that move. And, and so it's fresh in our mind and it can, we can really give good tips to people. But the next thing that we need to tackle is the flaca. And Damien has been like definitely like doing it like the past i don't know like couple of weeks like he has been like landing like so many the next video coming will be the flaca yeah i finally just starting to figure out to, to land them but I've, I've done like probably hundreds of them <laughs> where i crashed so for some reason i have so what's the secret to pulling off the landing with the wing it seems like it's always hard to get the wing right on the landing for me yeah i would say so my tips for the flaca would be, and I'm not a professional yet at it, but I would say I was always trying to just go massive. So I was just trying to do a massive 180. <laughs> and truthfully, I would say, I know in anything learning, I would always take small steps. So I would say, just get the foil out of the water, flip your board 180, and you don't need to go massive. You're just trying to get the motion and learn the motion. motion. So if you can get the board to go 180, the next tip is when you swing that wing across into the wind, you want to try to have it as level with the horizon and actually pull your front hand close to you, which kind of levels the wing off. I would always keep it out in front of me and it just you just get backwinded and just get smoked and flip over. But I would say just really think of the, how the, the air works hitting the wing. And I think that'll really change it. The next best thing I would say is, man, try it like 50 times on the beach. Cause you're going to really learn what to do or what not to do with that wing when you spin it across and in, in the wind. So. Yeah. The, the tip that Gunner gave me that really helped is just to keep the wing that keep it at the level of your head that don't get it up here keep it like this and then that way you can spin it around like you you pretty much have to bring the wing through the wind you can't really do it over your head because then it just pulls you backwards yeah so it's like keeping the wing low that seems to have helped me and then, and then like you said too like not doing like a huge air you don't have to be super high for it yeah that's a, that's a good tip too and then yeah. spinning the board first and then having everything else follow it. Yeah, yeah, just build your way into it. I, I think when I first saw Gwen showed a video or something, I was like, oh my gosh, that thing's sick. The first thing I did was try to do it in the air because I'm like, for sure, I can do 360s all the time. Total wipeout. And I was like, okay, maybe I should build my way into this. 
So yeah, it's fun. It's fun for us. We're learning too. And that's such a passion for us because it's every day you can learn something new and then you get to share it with people and, and share your mistakes, which is brilliant because that's, we're making every mistake just like everybody else. And our goal is to be like, we did all this wrong. <laughs> Try this. Cool. So what about boards? What kind of boards are you using? And uh, what was the progression on the boards? Of what, what do you recommend for beginners? And then how do you progress to where you are now? Yeah, I would say boards I totally recommend. I would say general size, I would say for a beginner would be anywhere from five, four to I don't know, six, five, maybe. And I say it's a little bit longer, but I say it because there are a lot of people that are very large out there and you want to make sure it's it's within reason to them. But I would say leader wise, I would say is the most important and with like stability. So I would say anywhere from a hundred liters. If you're, I would say 185 pounds, that's pretty solid all the way up to if you're 250 pounds, we're talking 130 plus liter board just to give you that stability to learn the sport a lot easier. Now, as you get better, that boards, here's what I would say too, that's super important. As you get better, yes, you can go to all the small boards and do all the tricks. But I would even say for most people, those boards are absolutely perfect for your longevity. And the reason I say that is, Every day you can go and if it lulls out or the wind dies, you're still milking your wing in and you're standing there going. If you have a sinker board, you're swimming back. So you're always up and doing it versus climbing up or trying to get up. And that's very helpful. As far as like my favorite boards, I would say the Karina macros are awesome. Lyft has an amazing wing boards as well. But I would say it's just coming up with the right size for your weight. And for me, I'm 155 pounds. And I would say to stand on around 70 liters is perfect for me to fully stand balance on it and go. And then I would say, obviously you can go a lot smaller all the way down to 28 liter boards, but it's definitely changes everything. So. Yeah. To go on a tiny sinker board, you have to have steady, strong wind. So it's hard to do that when, when the wind starts to drop off and stuff. Okay. So where do you, what does the future hold? Like, where do you see the sport going and what do you see for equipment and do you have any ideas or things you would like to see in the future? I'll jump in quick and then I'll let Gwen jump in here. Cause I'm always talking. That's my issue. I'm sorry guys. But <laughs> I was just talking to a guy on the phone yesterday and I see this at resorts. I know this sounds crazy. Ski resorts, open area resorts, snow, because the easiest way to learn this would be on the snow or the ice, like for sure. Because you're actually, I would say land boarding, but I would even say if people ski or snowboard, it's the perfect way to learn it because you're already kind of going, you just stand there and there's no, there's not a lot of surface tension. So you can just go, so you can learn the wing and you can actually do this. And I could see people going across sliders and hitting kickers and I just see it. I see that potential, but I would say the biggest thing it, it, it does that's super unique to me is it takes places that you never thought you would ever wing an opportunity to go play. And what I mean by that is kite surfing, you professionals can get into some pretty crazy places and gusty winds, but I would say the winging, you can go anywhere and you can really, it, it opens the doors to a lot of incredible opportunities. So I think this sport is going to boom <laughs> for sure. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was living in Idaho before I came to Florida and I was kiting on a lake. It's a big lake and it's amazing, but people cannot get into kiting there because there are trees everywhere. The launch is super sketchy. There is no way you can learn. There is no beach. Like it's right like the trees and then the water. Often the wind from where you have to stand from, the wind is offshore. So you have to, and then the wind drops and like you end up swimming with all your gear out there. And that's where I see winging is going to be a game changer. So like in places like this, like a mountain, now people are going to be able to start winging because it's a lot safer. If the wind dies, you are on this big bone, you can swim back, no problem. If it's gusty, no problem. It's going to open definitely like new locations and make it possible to a lot of people that would have never considered kiting is intimidating and i think winging is really going to appeal to a lot more people just because winging is i wouldn't say it's easier but i would say it's a lot safer when you are a lot more beginner friendly yeah that's a good point and actually i wanted to give a shout out to um this our a youtube watcher his name is joe skill he's a paraplegic he's actually the one who said i should interview you damien and he's been watching all the, your videos and all my videos, and he's totally into winging, even though he's in a wheelchair. And so I wanted to ask you, Gwen, like you said, you went and did that with disabled people. So how do you get introduced someone with that's a paraplegic? How do you introduce them to, to these sports? So, what do you um, do? yeah, we, this weekend, this past weekend, we had somebody that was missing two legs and we just had him on the stand-up paddle. He was able to sit. So he was just sitting on the stand-up paddle with the wing and, and he had a lot of fun. For him, it's something like he would have never considered. If you are already into like wing foiling, you might think, okay, doing the wing on the stand-up paddle is not that fun. But for him, it was a, an incredible experience that he would have never been able to do. He was also we introduced him to kiting also, and he was doing body drag and had so much fun. So it, it's not about, in, in this case, it's not about having him like, the, okay, the only way to do it is having on the wing, up on the foil. No, there is in between, there is a lot of way to do it that is still gonna be really fun for him because yeah, it, it, being on the water, being connected with the wind and everything is, is an incredible experience. Yeah, that sounds great. I was also thinking, actually, Joe was saying that he was thinking about doing it with a small wing in a sport wheelchair and just like on, on a parking lot or something like that. And I thought that sounded interesting too, an interesting way to do it, yeah. For sure. He'll be going and doing backflips in no time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it sounds like he's into it. So Let's talk a little bit about the YouTube channel. So what are your goals? What's your strategy? What I, I know you, you said you're putting out a new video twice a week. How, how do you do that? And how do you keep that motivation to, to, I know it's a lot of work too, right? To, to produce all the video and the editing and all that. Yeah, I would say the motivation we're, we're we have plenty of motivation. <laughs> Gwen and I can go down and just, unleash because there's so much information out there that we can share with people and it's not that we can't we just anybody can really and we just have the opportunity to be able to work good together and i would say truthfully i've never met somebody in like gwen because he's so quick and motivated and he sees the biggest thing i would say that, that i would say most people struggle with in video is 
what is your direction? What is your goal? I would say, Robert, you're actually brilliant at it, but you have a reason behind everything and you put it together and it's, and it's a presentation that people want to capture that info. Gwen, same thing. He has a vision. When he makes a video, it's going to be, this is the message. And I think that's the best thing you can have is just have an opening, a middle and an end and a message. And so our goal is to share as much info with people. And I would say there's days we go and we do, I think truthfully, our max day was 10 videos in a day, but in a four hour period. Now, is it all the footage in that day? No, we've captured the footage throughout times doing different things. But I would say I think the motivation is there big time because it's so exciting to hear people that just get, get are living their best life because of it. Or just even if they gave it a shot and they're enjoying it and they're struggling, but they're enjoying it to us, that's everything. Just the, just life is about living. It's hard to get up sometimes and it's hard to look at the positives. And, and I think that's the reason why we're trying to pump them out as many as we can to just help people. Yeah, so the funny thing is, just an hour ago, I was filming at the beach and somebody came up to me and asked, are you Gwen? I just watched your video and actually it was like the dog drive and now he's getting, he just did the dog drive and now he's getting into the 360. But like this, like we really see that we are making a difference. People are commenting on the YouTube channel all the time and we go to the beach and people are coming to us. And honestly, like the biggest thing I think that is keeping us going is that we enjoy the process we want to we have we want to make help as many people as possible but we don't have uh, a goal of i don't know getting like a million subscribers or it would be great but the truth is even if we don't we are still going to do it because that process is what we enjoy we are doing it and that's fulfilling in itself yeah that's great that that happens to me a lot too like when i go down to the beach not even just in Hawaii, anywhere in the world, really, like in, in Holland or in Australia, people come up to me and say, oh, I learned how to win, uh, how to stand a paddleboard from you or whatever. So it's pretty, pretty cool to, to get that kind of feedback for sure. But here's that video about how to duck jibe. So maybe we can break that down a little bit, the learning how to duck jibe, because people have been asking me about that. What are you doing? How do you do that? <laughs> This one's classic because um, that gentleman who's in this video, we call him the legend. His name's Harry Andrews, and he truly is a legend. This guy, he's done it all, and I've been lucky enough to know him for many years. And, and when I say done it all, learn to paraglide together, race motocross, absolutely. The guy does everything, and he does it like we talk about Kiahi and Gwen and Evan and all these professional kite surfers. You watch Harry at the beach, he's like doing all these board offs and flipping it around and putting it on his feet. The guy's incredible, but we're lucky enough to have him here in Jupiter. He's a dear friend of mine. And one day he's, oh, David, I'm doing the duck jive. I'm like, what the, what the heck is a duck jive? I've never even heard of a duck jive. And uh, he's out there practicing it. And so the next day I'm like, Gwen, dude, Harry's doing the duck jive. I don't even know what it is. So I went and tried it. And I'd go into these downwind turns going like 100 miles an hour and the wing would hit me and flip and twist. And I was like total disaster. But my tips to everybody trying to learn how to duck jibe would be try it on the beach again. I always say that, but you can really learn your hands and what to do with the wing uh, on the beach first. And you can watch these videos and, and, and Gwen slows it down so you can actually see the process of the wing and how to drop it down. But the most important thing is you're going to, you're going to crack off downwind because you need to take the tension out of the wing. 
but you can't crack off too straight downwind or else you're actually going to have a backwind issue. But I would say you need to be going downwind and that's going to help take some pressure off. And then you just steer your way around and, and you're going to drop that wing down and it's going to circle around. And But I would say the biggest tip to me, I would say is there's a downwind movement and that's, you got to take the pressure off that wing for it to spin. Yeah. Releasing the pressure from the wing. And then I like to like the back handle. I like to move my back hand forward to the second handle so I can grab the very back handle with my back hand. And then I look for the front handle. Like I, like I always, that's, if you miss that grabbing the front handle on the other side, then it's really hard to pull it off. So the quicker you can grab that and get your hand on the front handle again, then it's yeah, and, and some people actually pre-twist or pre-turn. And I would say everybody's different, right? So some people have comfortable things like Gwen learning a new trick off of kite surfing because it just felt comfortable. If you feel comfortable, maybe twisting your handle before you go into it, try it because it may work for you. It may not work for others. Never hurts to try some of these things to, to better your progress. I think. Yeah, right on. I hear we get another ad. <laughs> So these ads are obviously pretty annoying for people who watch the videos, but that's how YouTubers get a little bit of money from the videos. So here he's yeah, grabbing the wing pretty far in the back, grabbing the front handle. Sometimes, yeah, like when I crash, it's usually because I don't grab the front handle. That seems to be the one of my issues. Which is nice on like the wing that we are using, Damien and, and Harry and I, the Cabrina X2, like the handles are very uh, wide. And actually, I really love that because it makes uh, grabbing the handle in this case, like yeah, a, bit, awesome. a bit easier. And then one of the advantages of this move too, in, in light wind, if you do it right, you can do it completely without getting back winded versus sometimes if you do a regular jibe and you're moving down when you you're like the the apparent wind can actually be against you so you can get back winded sometimes in a light wind jibe so i like doing it in really light wind conditions sometimes yeah a good good move to learn so that's what we ride in so that's yeah <laughs> that's, we're, we're, that's we're, we'd love to try it in high winds <laughs> <laughs> So, so in Florida, what kind of conditions do you have usually? What are the winds like and how is the, yeah, what kind of conditions are, do you have usually? Mm, I'd say we get, which is we, I'd say we get five to 30, I would say. There's, we used to have a lot of cold fronts that were really powerful and we'd have 30 plus, but I would say on average, it would be a good day. It'd be like 12 to 25 maybe, or in the 20s. That'd be a magical day. So it's perfect for learning, but it's, we don't really get the cold fronts like we used to get. We still do, but it's definitely less and less. So the wind is um, not like Hawaii where it can sustain 30 to 40 all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit different for us here on Oahu. On Maui, just the way the island is shaped, it, the wind, it kind of funnels the wind between the, the two sides of the island. But on Oahu, it's usually like about 10 knots lighter than on Maui. When we can barely get going, it's already cranking on Maui. So it's not, we're, we're not, it's not quite always, but at least we do have steady trade winds. And yeah, luckily global warming hasn't affected the trade winds, it seems. Plus on, on wing foiling, you can really get going in less wind than you need for windsurfing or even kiting, I think, or in gusty winds, it, it just works better because 
yeah, if, if you have to wait for a couple of minutes for the next gust and once you're up on the foil, it's pretty easy to keep it going, even in really light winds, right? Yeah, it's and, and that's you nailed that perfectly. Is you're in a lighter wind spot, we're in a lighter wind spot, and I would say across the country, there's a lot of places that are light winds, but even gusty. And I would say to throw a kite up 100 meter line or 100 feet line, and have kites fall on and disasters, it's just so easy to grab a wing and give it a shot. And I think Glenn nailed that earlier, but that's that's why it's so achievable for people and you truly can go live your best life and try something new and learn something new because we all like learning and that's what it's all about so as we learn how to do duck drives and all these things that this legend here brings to us and we're like what was that what are we doing okay we're gonna try that (laughs) that's great in terms of the skills that you have would you say a lot of oh that was a Challenging so, yeah. one. <laughs> I'm just watching it, the video yeah, here, but um, um, this, the skills that you have, like how much of it is like talent, like natural God-given talent and how much of it is just practicing and doing it over and over and screwing up until you can finally do it. I would say for most people, look, everybody's been given a, a talent and I would say for sure there's people out there that are significantly, you know, more advanced or they've been given stronger muscles or whatever it may be. But I would say, I would just say to anybody out there, look, yes, you put a lot of time in the water you're going to get good at it. A lot of people skiing, I always remember this. It's a good analogy, but everybody skiing would say, man, you're really good at skiing or whatever. And I'm like, I skied every single day, literally through the summer, every single day, every day I could. And they would only go on a ski trip three times a year. You're only going to be as good as how much effort you put into whatever you do. Make sure to put effort into something and, and, and just like Glenn or yourself, you study it, you learn it, you learn your craft and you'll be incredible at it. I I would say I'm very blessed and I've been very skilled and I'm, but I would say I'm no different than anybody out there. And I say that truthfully because you can learn something if you put your mind to it. And I, I, I don't care if you're 200 pounds. I just think anything is possible if you really just put your mind to it. He's teaching Kiahi right now. Yeah, no, not, not, Fooling not him. quite. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you ever, I think a lot of it is really is mental. Like some days you go out and everything's just like perfect. You're in tune with the conditions and your equipment everything's perfect and you feel like superman you can do anything you can pull off all kinds of moves and then the next day you go out on the same equipment the same conditions and you're like a total kook again so does that ever happen to you and is there anything you can do about that or your mindset yeah i would say you nailed it if you opened it that way but i would say look you always got to go into every day every session every work appointment every time with your wife or your loved one whatever it is always be looking for the positive and whatever the situation is because you're spot on for everybody out there Gwen and I go down to the beach and we may have learned a new trick and then the next day you can't do it because you just it didn't click again and that's normal and that's totally fine because maybe your muscles are fatigued or maybe you just are a little off or the conditions are a little bit harder or whatever it may be that's part of the learning process so don't if you get it and you get up winging one day, don't think tomorrow you're going to be winging exactly the same. It will still keep coming, but I think a lot of people get frustrated or they get you know beat down. And I would just say, look, 
be open to maybe it wasn't the perfect conditions. Maybe I just wasn't on my game today. So it's, it's a hundred percent mental and it's how you look at it and always have a better outlook on whatever it is, whether it's winging or life or depression or whatever, just you gotta have a better outlook. And I think if you change that mentally and your whole life and work and relationships and winging and will just absolutely blow your mind you will change you will surround yourself with good people all of a sudden opportunities will come you'll learn the duck jibe like I did and that was just because I was surrounding myself with good people and Gwen did the 180 whatever it was called I still don't even know what it's called that's how I learned it I didn't think of it but it was a great opportunity to see it wow this is great I'm looking at the positive let's give it a shot versus I'll never do that I'm not going to try it. I can do these other things that I'm really good at. I'm going to keep doing them. Instead, I'm like open to try it. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? I crash. I look like a moron. I, I, I crash all the time. And, and a lot of people are nervous to crash or look bad. And I would say, look, that is life learning, making mistakes. And your mistakes lead you to be a better person in relationships and work and business and you name it. And that's how you learn. So I made a lot of mistakes. So I, I get pretty good at things. <laughs> yeah, I think I would say sometimes you have to detach yourself from from the goal or like still have a goal, but not be so like the fulfilling part isn't only achieving the goal. The process should be fulfilling. And if you can do that, then whatever the outcome is, you're going to be stoked because you are doing you are in the process. So For me, I just see it as how, however like frustrating it is that sometimes as good as the day from before, but you are still out there and that's the process. And so that try to get that being ful fulfilling and the outcome, well, the outcome is good or not, that's okay. But if you put in the time and you go out there and you have fun and you enjoy the process, then it will be, it will be good. Yeah. That's so perfect. Yeah. You still learn something even when you're a kook and you're, nothing's working. But let's say, do you have any pointers for someone that's stuck in that negative mindset or whatever, getting upset with themselves or being stuck in a negative mindset? How can you turn that around and be more positive and optimistic? Or obviously you learn a lot better when you're, when you have a positive mindset, right? Yeah, we joke, but we'll, we'll text you Harry's phone number so everybody can call Harry and they can personally get advice. Now, I would just say, look, you, everybody goes through this. Just know that you're not the only one. And the ways to get out of it is to say yes. Just say yes to something. Get up and do something. And it can be anything. It can be go for a walk. It can be just get up and do something. Because if you just keep dwelling on it, you will just put yourself lower and whatever it may be, or you'll get deflated and you just don't want to try anything you don't want to do anything and i would say the best thing you can do is change your scenery change whatever you're doing get up do something different take your brain off it take a break relax whatever it may be just change that but know that there's the process the process that gwen speaks about is everything i went to hawaii i think i have the speed record with alex aguer in hawaii maybe i don't even know if that stands but that was a process to get a speed record in hawaii It was not about getting a speed record. It was about going out with my buddy and going as fast as I can. And his daughter did it. And, and it was just incredible experience. And did we know we could do it? We didn't even know if the wind was going to be perfect. We thought it would be, but who knows it's wind. And 
you just don't know. So just get up and always look at the glass full. Just, just there, you just, if your car breaks down, look, it ran good until today. It's okay. Get it fixed. Moving on. Look at the positive. Don't look at my life's over. Oh my gosh. It's, it, there, there's no gain from that. Yeah. And I would say every time you do something and you fail, it's good because that means you are one step closer to to succeed the more you fail the closer you get to being successful so don't get discouraged and enjoy the process and the more you fail the better you're gonna get yeah it's like that quote from wayne gretzky like that you miss every shot you don't take so just you got to keep trying to achieve things even if you have to fail or hundreds of times or thousands of times. I was thinking about that. Thomas Edison failed like thousands of times before he invented the light bulb, right? So he's yeah. not giving up too easily <laughs> part of it. And I think a lot of people, a dear friend of mine, Julia Mancuso, who's an Olympic athlete, or Olympic medalist many time, whatever. And even when I won my world championship, your, your pinnacle, people think it's that's the moment. That moment is just, okay, what do I do next? So just know that your life, whether it'll go through these roller coasters. So the best thing you can do is always just keep learning, keep trying, keep opening the door, try new things, because that'll keep a healthy lifestyle versus getting so fixated on something that if you don't achieve it, I don't make a million dollars. I don't get the cool job. I don't get the perfect setup, whatever it may be. You're just going to get crushed versus I'm going to work as hard as I can today may lead to me owning my own business, but you just got to always have a goal or a dream for sure. I think that's a really good thing and work hard and treat people the way that you would want to be treated. And I think you'll be incredibly successful. Yeah, that's a good point. One thing that people say, like writing down goals, like in, in writing or, or telling other people about it holds you more accountable to achieving that goal. Is that something you agree with? Is that something you do? Do you have written goals? Yeah, we have 15 notebooks here of videos that are coming. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just think, I just think, yes, I've always been, whether it's writing it down or having it in the back of your brain, but the most important thing, and I'm one to know because I've I had a pretty bad accident midway through my life here that led me to my beautiful wife and a lot of great things. Everything happens in life. So I would say just because you think you're meant to be something. So say... I thought my whole life I was going to be one of the best ski racers in the world. Who would have known I would have ended up in Florida playing with wings and kite surfing and who knows. So just start taking those roads and it's going to lead you to some special, incredible opportunities in life. I would just always be open to learning and take different paths and you'd be pretty excited on your outcome. Do you have anything to add to, add to that, Gwen? Yeah, I've done so many things in my life, like change, change like path so many times. And I come from a family that's very traditional, like in a way, like you, you go to school for something and then you get that job and then you keep that job and, and, and you get married, you have kids and you retire and, and, and that's it. But for me, I have never been change is scary sometimes in the end, like you just have to be open, true to yourself first, like. When you do something and, and it's not fulfilling or it doesn't make you happy, then you it's your responsibility to find what's what you want to do, what's, what makes you happy. I think that's the priority. And then 
that will lead you to many different uh, ways and and it's not going to be a straight line but if you if you are open to trying new things if you keep don't get stuck somewhere and 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 opportunities come all the time so you just have to be open to it change path when it's needed yeah definitely and i i agree that you don't have to live a boring life that's what you make of it so encourage everyone to to try to live live their life to the fullest so let's talk a little about the kind of the obsession with foiling once you get into foiling you get that feeling and it's i want to say it's like an addiction or or it's like a drug that you want again and again so is there a, a dark side to it is there like a downside or is it just a healthy thing for you is there do you ever feel like it's maybe there's a negative a downside to it i think the negative would be like if you're in a relationship you have to buy multiple foils for sure for your wife for your kids that would be the negative of it. No, I would say there I would say the negative that everybody is always worried about is it's danger. I'm going to get cut. I heard of people getting cut or hurt or and I would just say look, yes, it's dangerous, but I would say you get into your car every day that is 10 times more dangerous. And everything is within reason. So if you take it slow and watch your YouTube channel and learn all this stuff and you can do it and and you can learn safely and you may have some setbacks and that's all part of it but i would say it's everything in life has its dangers and if you're always worried about every danger you're never going to do anything so you got to take a little bit of a risk and go talk to the girl that you want to talk to if you don't talk to her you're never going to get her for sure so take that risk and talk to her so there's so many things that it leads to in life and i would say with foiling the biggest one is danger and i would say it's only as danger as dangerous as you make it Laird hamilton and benny and some of these guys doing the kyle Lenny doing the massive waves that's pushing the limit but they're also that is their challenge and learning of them what is possible and i think that's their level mine may be on a two foot piece of chop and i get scared and i go home could be that but i'm okay with that and it's fun <laughs> yeah yeah it's different levels of risk i, I just watched that uh, movie about the guy what's his name alex honnold climbing free soloing el capitan and yosemite with like super hard sections yeah super high off of the ground that was incredible so compared to that i think wing foiling is pretty safe compared to that and especially on the water but i get one thing i would say if you're doing it on land like on a skateboard or on ice you do have to be careful especially when you go fast a lot of times you can't really hold up your head so if you hit the ground and your head hits the hits the ice or the the ground you can actually get pretty injured so wearing a helmet and knee pads elbow pads and all that kind of stuff is definitely a good idea if you're if you're not doing it in the water and even in the water i think you're wearing a helmet is a good idea when you're doing crazy yeah. moves like flips and stuff hurt. like that not gonna hurt at all any type of safety impact vest to to even full wetsuit so you don't get all scraped up when you're climbing up and down off the board learning booties for chafing the top of your feet i know gwen needed them the first day when i gave him all my wing stuff <laughs> he came home like bloody and i was oh, like the, the good thing is i was in florida only for two days and but just from winging i guess i only wing once like one one day out of the two days and i still have a scar actually i still have a scar on top of my feet from the skin being gone and that was in september last year <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a good point for people beginning. 
you tend to like really get rubbed raw on that deck pad, right? From sliding and kneeling and sliding off the deck pad and all that kind of stuff and sliding back onto the deck pad. So that's something maybe wear pants and maybe um, booties or whatever. Yeah, that's a good idea when you're starting out. And I've, I've even seen people wearing knee, knee pads or whatever on their boards. So any, anything like that's probably a good idea when you're starting out, right? Yeah. So what are your plans for the next couple of days? When, if the wind comes back, what, what are you guys doing there? I guess just filming Cape Hatras has like really good like downwinders and waves. So we're just going to be like filming whatever is good for the condition. It seems in the next couple of days, the wind could be good, but we are hoping for a stronger wind. So yeah, just having fun and i'm going to be filming them having fun how's the weather how's the weather on the east coast is it at camp hatteras is it warm enough to go you still need a full wetsuit kiahi is going out with just a top and most people have uh, a shorty but yeah it's not too cold right now okay and then actually i was going to ask you for droning drone video of of when you're shooting with the drone and strong winds what kind of drone do you use and is there like a certain drone that's best for high wind but the good thing is in florida we have mostly like light wind so that that helps but i use the dji air 2s and sometimes drone goes down and that's part of the game but for strong wind i think you just have to fly dji like DJI drones can't fly in a 35, 40 mile wind. You just have to keep it on sports mode and you will be way slower going against the wind. Yeah. But I just got yeah. this a new drone. It's like a FPV with a headset. And then, so I'm pretty excited to try it. A little bit nervous actually, but this thing's supposed to be super fast. So it should be good for flying in strong winds. I have, a, I have the DJI Mavic Mini and when it's windy i can't even fly up when it's barely moving when you're flying into the wind so it's super slow so that's why i yeah. figured faster I think, is <laughs> I think yeah exactly i think the limitation for flying drones in high wind you just have to know what's your drone's top speed and basically if your drone top speed is 30 miles an hour and you go in in 40 miles per hour wind, you won't get your drone back because it won't be able to make it up when. But so you just yeah. have to know what's the top speed. And that's why going solid the drone is has like some limitation. But as soon as you switch it to sports mode, it makes it like full speed. So if you go in high wind, you have to switch it in, in sports mode, but you have to know what drone top speed is. So the wind is not stronger than that. Yeah, that's a good tip. <laughs> if you don't want to well, we lose actually, in all our YouTube videos, we film with a helicopter. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> good and ha ha harry is the pilot yes it, it, it is <laughs> the pilot. yep yep it's uh i don't know why our budget seems to be off <laughs> so talk a little like at the beginning of your videos you always have uh, spreading the love and uh, sharing the stoke and all that kind of stuff so what does that mean to you and like how how do you try to achieve that i think that's just going in a dead honest truth we just we've, we're always positive i would say and yeah it's just people want to be around positive energy and i think it's just how we <laughs> truthfully we go to the beach that's just how we are that's how i try to live my life and i think 
the more people we touch doing it, the more people surrounded by us do it. And I think it kind of, it radiates on itself. So I, I, I always believe that if you can pass it on, it, it really does keep going. And that's why we try to just be upbeat. I know a lot of people, it's tough times in the economy and tough times with work and it's not always perfect, but you can always look at the best side of things and try to just motivate people and, and give them the passion to hopefully live their best life. So how has your life changed as, as a result of the pandemic and what were the good things and the bad things for both of you? Good things, bad things. I have a newborn child and she is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And my wife turned into the most amazing mother. So absolutely super grateful and blessed. Did a YouTube thing with Gwen. Never thought I'd ever do that. That's amazing. We're helping people. Got multiple jobs that are absolutely incredible with lift foils and Cabrina kites. And I just, I truly couldn't be more grateful, but definitely been working a lot. And um, negative, I would say, just can't see your family as much. And but with Zoom and all these things, you can speak to people. And so you just look at the positive of it. That's what I would say. So for my side of things, I would say I feel bad for a lot of people out there, but I would say I've been very lucky. So go ahead. For me, yeah, I, I, yeah, I grew up growing up in France. My entire family is still in France. Uh, so since uh, COVID, I basically haven't, haven't been able to go back there. So I haven't been back for about two years. So that's definitely the negative part of the pandemic. But other than that, here I'm like living the dream, could not have a better life. And yeah, it was like just a massive change from the day I met Damien because I don't know. I was in, in Idaho, which is great, but I'm very passionate about the ocean and I've always been really wanting to get involved in water sports and I never really saw how that would maybe be like possible because I'm not a pro rider. I would never be involved with any brand on that level. But then it, I met Damien and, and it was all about helping people and that's what we did. It's, I'm super grateful for all of that and where it got me today. Gwen's going to be on the Wing World Tour here next year. So <laughs> his claim to fame is just starting. So I started with YouTube with this old guy and now <laughs> world champion from France. <laughs> so, so you, um, Damien, you're sponsored by Liftfoil and... Is- yeah, I, I work for the companies and I've been a very lucky athlete and was with a lot of companies. And yeah, I work for Liftfoils. I'm the U.S. sales manager and with Cabrina, I'm a Southeast sales rep and work, been working with Cabrina for over 20 some years. And Lift was the company when foils started. I was the kite surfer at the time, pushing the limits. And that's where the whole foiling started. I don't know, that was like nine or so years ago i think they first foils hit the u.s and and foiling's been around forever but made the the move to get it going so yeah so lift foils is based in um, puerto rico have you been to their factory and that's have you seen their manufacturing and stuff like that yeah yeah oh yeah they got an awesome setup and it's just a, a beautiful family they're super good people and they created this e-foil which is now the new 
mecca of foiling is just to, to the masses. It makes it really easy. You got a remote and everything's going electric. So it's dead quiet. It's surreal. And I think that's really neat to be a part of it as that's been growing. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's going gangbusters. Anything foiling is pretty much going through the roof. So it's pretty special. And then, yeah. of course, Sabrina is the peak. Sabrina has been a legend in the industry for many years and, and still is just always an innovative brand. And recently, my dear friend took over the company and they're just on this incredible stage to just share, I would say, that message back like the beer. They're really trying to, to take it to another level to help people and instead of just making a product that is a product that everybody can make or get knocked off and just have something in the market. They're really trying to make something that can better people's lives or goals or whatever it may be. And I think that's, to me, that's a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, great. Is there, I always like to ask, who else can I interview on for the show? Do you have any recommendations of people I should talk to? Yeah, off the bat, when you mentioned something earlier, I was thinking uh, Grant Corrigan with High Five Foundation. He's actually a paraplegic, total rock star, very inspiring. I touched on Julie Mancuso. She's an incredible human. But I think Grant Corrigan would be uh, pretty pretty awesome. That would probably be a pretty special one for you. He's, he's an incredible human. So Cool. Because yeah. you already got Glenn. Okay. Um, I would say John... John Modica, you should have John Modica is also doing amazing things. John so, Modica? Yeah, John Modica is actually the my dear friend who took over Cabrina. And he's he truly is the person that you would never know would run or own a company. But his passion is so powerful of making you the if it was a t-shirt he would just literally buy rip cut 50 different t-shirts and he'd be like now it's perfect and he would just be like i just had this t-shirt for 10 years i don't know he's just so on it to make it the best it can be for that whatever it is fins it's pretty pretty spectacular and a humble human so it's pretty neat Great. Yeah. I'll ask you for their contact information. It's been like an hour and a half almost. So thanks for, for <laughs> taking the time. And I always like to say from the YouTube analytics, I can see that only about 5% of the people are still watching at the very end of trails off. But do you have any special message for those that are still with us, still listening? <laughs> oh man, just look, get up off your seat, do something because everybody out there is like, I want to start this business or try this or do that and you're just going to keep wanting to do it you got to get up and do it and that individual right there with glenn that yeah. that kid who's gotten up did it and he's one incredible human God, that looks super familiar. so who's, who's that with you now glenn that's uh evan Nech. what's going on evan i don't know if you guys can hear me or not, not. <laughs> yeah 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 i can hear you Evan is literally one of the most skilled kiters on the planet. Absolutely incredible. So, oh, we got the whole gang, Kiahi. Yeah, he's, he's the, whole, the whole Karina team up there. They're truly superstars. One, incredible humans. Two, incredible athletes. And, and they all were driven to just get up and make it happen. And I knew Evan when he was riding cones with a trainer kite in the grass. And he was this little kid. He wouldn't talk to you. 
And now he's an incredible salesperson. He's an incredible athlete. He's an incredible human. And I think it's just a matter of talking to people and open those doors. So anybody still listening, which we hope you are, man, just do what you want to do. There's no reason why you can't do it. Don't ever set yourself short. You can do it. That's what I would say. Yeah. I guess that I take away from this conversation is that you can live the life you want to live. There's no reason to do something you don't enjoy. There's always, always possibilities for following your passion and doing what you love, I think. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. we appreciate you so much for having us on. It's just another place to, to help. Hopefully we can touch one person and to us, that's everything if we can help somebody. Yeah. Okay. That's, I think that's a good way to end it. Any last words from you, Gwen? No, uh, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, go out there and, and live your dream. It's, you know, if you keep at it, it will happen. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out all those great instructional videos. If you're getting into wing floating, definitely good stuff you guys are putting out. So thanks for doing that. And you're helping basically drive the sport forward, I think, with, with those really good tutorials. Because in other sports, they're not really available necessarily, it's especially that kind of high quality content is not really available for a lot of things. So thanks for doing that, doing a great service. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks so much for your time. Take care. Enjoy the evening. Aloha. Thank you so much. Aloha. All right. Okay, friends, thanks so much for watching all the way to the end again. Thanks, Damien and Gwen, for joining me for this show. thought it was another really great episode. Just a couple of announcements. Last Tuesday, I did a live video on YouTube where I just talked about what's new at Blue Planet. I answered some questions that I had on YouTube from comments, and then also had some live questions come in through the chat. And the show was joined by people from all over the world. It was 7 a.m. In, in Hawaii. In Europe, it was 7 p.m. And then on the mainland, it was early afternoon. So people joined us from all over the place, which was really cool. So I thought it was fun to do that. And I'm going to start doing a weekly show every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Hawaii time. I'm going to do a live show. So I hope you can join me for that next uh, live show. I'm going to have the link down below for that video. And if you can join it live and post some comments or questions, that's always appreciated. You can always watch it later as well. So that's not a problem. So thanks again, Damien and Gwen, for joining me. Thanks for posting great instructional videos for everyone out there learning how to wing foil. It's a great service to the community. So thank you everyone for watching. Please join us again next time for another Blue Planet show. Aloha and see you on the water.